0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Insights. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 Hospital System and creator of This Week in Health IT, a channel dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. Our hope is that these episodes serve as a resource for the advancement of your career and the continued success of your team. Now on to the show.
1: Today on Insights, we go back to a conversation host Bill Russell had with Nassar Nazami, Executive VP and CIO for Jefferson Health. The topic of discussion was a look back at cyber attacks in 2016-2017. How far have we come? Bill gives us some dreaded stats, and NASA offers solutions. We have already surpassed the number of records that were breached in 2017, and incidents reported as hacking are on the rise, and if the content trend continues, the number could be 40 to 50 percent higher than what we saw in 2017 so i think that's an interesting aspect and it tells us as an industry on where we should be putting our resources in and this is i think supported by some positive aspects probably because of the requirement to encrypt by many organizations so the laptop or device that is lost or stolen and is encrypted then it's not a reportable incident and there are some requirements on encryption and so forth but i think that over the last five or six years seven years this requirement or a sort of incentive to encrypt data force organizations or strongly encourage the organizations to encrypt. And because of that, we are seeing the results of a studying of incidents there. So now that we see a rise in hacking-related incidents, I think that's an area where we need to focus. And I think there are other areas, the, the inappropriate disclosure is also studied, but all expected. But the reason I thought that this was interesting is that, you know, this, and and you think about this in the context of everything else, hacking by Russians in the news and so forth. and, And this just highlights an area which is still are, as an industry, are struggling
0: so let me give a, a few more data points, and then I'm, I'm going to ask you, again, I rarely get a CISO on the show or someone who used to be. So 2016, 450 breaches, 27.5 million records. 2017, 477 breaches, 5.6 million records breached. Over one breach a day at this point. 2017, 18, primary cause was hacking, as you pointed out. And so that's, that's on the rise. But here's some other numbers, which I think are pretty staggering. Between 2009, 2017, there have been 2,181 healthcare data breaches. Those breaches have resulted in a theft exposure of 176 million health records, which is Mm -hmm. over 50% of the population in the United States. So over 50% of the people have received those, hey, we'll protect your identity Mm -hmm. papers. The two causes we talked about, hacking incidents and then insider breaches is the other Mm -hmm. primary cause. A couple more, hacking IT incidents resulted in the exposure theft of three million records, although detailed data is only available on 144 of those breaches. In 2016, 86% of the breaches were attributed to hacking incidents. In 2016, 120 hacking incidents were reported, which resulted in exposure of 23 million records. The severity of hacks, insider threats, was therefore far lower in 2017, even though hacking incidents were more numerous. A couple other things I think are insider breaches continue to plague the healthcare industry. Data is available on 143 of those. They actually break it down into two categories, insider wrongdoing, mm-hmm. which includes theft and snooping. That's just somebody mm-hmm. trying to find Britney Spears' record or whatever. Yeah. The breakdown was under two insider errors and 70 cases of insider wrongdoing four incidents were classified as both. So, I mean, these are two big categories, right? You have incidents that are attributed to your employees. You have incidents that are attributed to hackers. And I I think the last thing I wanted to point out, so reports of healthcare data breaches in 2017 show that in many cases, breaches are not detected until many months after the breach occurred. Mm -hmm. The Mm -hmm. average time to discover a breach based on those incidents that they looked at was 308 days. And the average in the prior year was 233 days. And actually, they say it should be noted that the data was skewed because some breaches that occurred, they didn't detect for more than a decade. So I'd like to break our conversation down into three areas, prevention, detection, and response. So from a prevention standpoint, ransomware is on the rise. What can health systems do to prevent or prepare for these types of hacking attacks? So I think to think about prevent, detect,
1: and respond is the right way to think, right? And I think the best Controls are preventative controls, so things never happen, hopefully, right? As an industry, we have made some good progress in the last six or seven years around prevention controls. We all had, most organizations had firewalls for the last 15, 10, 15 years, so that's a given now. There are new generation of firewalls that are happening that are really good at application-level analysis and so forth. But I think the biggest bang for buck an organization can probably get from a prevention point of view is probably from a technology, I will talk about this in a technology and then human sense, so two two categories. From a technology point of view, in my opinion, is multi-factor authentication, okay? And it just makes it very difficult for someone who is actively trying to access information. it does not It's not a cure-all, it's not a silver bullet, but I think that multi-factor authentication has been a challenge in healthcare to implement because of cultural reasons, and the need for physicians to get to a patient record immediately, and so on and so forth. So there have been reasons that it has not, industry has not adopted it wholeheartedly, like if, for instance, in banking or other commercial industries, most of them, their workforce has to use two-factor authentication or multi-factor authentication. Secondly, I think in almost, now, most of the breaches that we see, which are under hacking, or you mentioned ransomware, while some, some person doing something that they're not supposed to do. So it's going to be opening an email or going to a website and installing something. And that cannot be emphasized enough, I think, because the only, I think, the real protection that you can do is train your workforce at different levels. So, many organizations now have dedicated security teams. They are the experts, but those people are probably a handful of people in any, even, even size, a large organization. They're a handful. But then you have your folks in technology, who I think is, is training them on security you know, to make them your first line of defense, and then population in general. So there are technological solutions. I mentioned MFA, I mentioned firewalls, there are data loss prevention solutions. There are many technological solutions that we can implement, some of which I mentioned, but I think any organization that is interested in securing and proactively protecting with technology that they're implementing.
0: Yeah, the weakness is, is the human. So let's shift gears to detection. So one of the things that changed the way I think about security is one of our vendors came in and said, You need to start designing as if they're already in. Just assume they're already in your network. There's no walls you can put up that can keep them out. I'm like, okay. So that actually transformed how I thought about security and prevention. The other thing was a CIO told me he contracted with one of the firms. It could be RSA or or one of the firms. And what he wanted them to do was to see if he could get physician credentials on the black market. And they were able to, within I think 24 to 48 hours, mm-hmm. procure about five or six of their physicians actual credentials, which worked on their system. So they were able to get into a uh, Citrix environment, get into the medical record and, and start moving around. And so detection becomes a little, becomes almost the front line now, because you're assuming that they're, they're in your network, they're, they're tooling around. So you almost have to look at patterns of usage If that doctor is looking at the wrong record or records that aren't theirs, are we tracking all those things? So from a detection standpoint, what are some things we can do to detect? First of all, a decade to track a breach is is kind of amazing. What are some things we can do to find those incidences quicker cycle forward? So
1: again, I'll talk about technology and people side of it because I think people are really, again, very important. So there are technologies now. So I mentioned data loss prevention technologies, so security and incident and event management systems, that can log in in real-time alert. And this is an area, so we spoke about artificial intelligence and machine learning in the context of healthcare, but this is an area where I'm seeing some really promising technologies and startups that are coming up ways of detecting in very intelligent ways and correlating and correlating events and then alerting. This is an area there are always some advanced technologies available, and we are evaluating some technologies in this area. But SEM is a must. That's a baseline. DLP, I think, is a must. Many healthcare organizations, actually, the people part is a challenge. So we can have the technologies, but do we have the people who are going to look and respond and sift through all the false positives? Right. These, these technologies tend to create a number of false positives and in some cases, the false spot is many, many times more than real incidents, right? Do we have the manpower, the trained manpower? And I think that we don't have. As healthcare in particular, as a nation, we don't have enough security professionals. There is a lack of security professionals for everyone. The pool is too small to begin with. And especially, there is an acute need for more security professionals within healthcare. So I think that Looking into third parties, partnering with third parties for 24 by 7 monitoring is a, at least in the short term, a stopgap solution. Probably things can get through without detection, even if you have 24 by 7 monitoring. But I think in today's days an age, 24 by 7 monitoring is a must. And if you're a health system that can afford it to build your own security operations center or SOC, fantastic. But I think most healthcare system, even our size or even larger than us, cannot afford a 24 by 7 model. Just that The human capital is just not there. So having the right technologies and having people who can respond to it, internal and then some external power, is, I think, effective detection scheme, a plan.
0: Wow. Thanks for tuning in. Another great episode. If you have feedback for us regarding this content and materials, or if you would like to help us to amplify great thinking to propel healthcare forward, which is our mission, please send us a note at hello at thisweekhealth.com. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.